you guys are doing okay today. Happy Tuesday. It is a beautiful day. Yes, isn't this a beautiful song? Come on in, guys. Come on in. I'm not waiting on a certain amount of people, but I do want to uh, make sure that I'm on on both of my uh, Facebook pages. So just give me one more moment, and we're going to get started. Hope you guys are doing awesome. There is nothing that can stop you. So, I mean, when you figure that out, your life is going to go a lot better. When you figure out that there's nothing that can stop you from what it is that God wants to do in your life. I mean, like, you're unstoppable. Hey guys, good afternoon. I hope you guys are well. Thank you guys for spending some 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 noonday love um, time with me. And once again, thank you for those that are tuning in. I know you, some of you may have set your time to be on at noon, and um, I was absolutely here. I just was trying to get things worked out. Just let that song simmer. This is our little worship together. Hello, hello, hello. Just let it. Just worship right there wherever you are. Thank you guys for sharing this broadcast. And thank you for the hearts and the likes and the love. Come on, have you really thought about those words? If God said it, I believe it. Hey. Hey. Technology doesn't, doesn't want to work for me today, but it's all right because I have authority over it. So we command everything to line up. Telling this song will get you all the way lit. Thank you, Jasmine Bowser, for sharing this broadcast. Thank you, Desmond, for sharing this broadcast. Thank you, Kay, for sharing this broadcast. Hey. We have this confidence. We're just having a little praise and worship. Hey. that no matter what the news is saying, 
no matter what your, your male is saying, you can bank on whatever God says. He's going to perform it. He has not forgotten about you. If you said it, I believe it. If you said it, I believe it. Oh, yeah. Hey. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you, Clarissa. Ooh, you said, come on, get that in your spirit. If you said, I believe. If you said, if he says I'm free, I'm free. You waiting on a doctor to tell you you're healed. You waiting on a psychiatrist to tell you you're you're free in your mind. But if God says it, I hear you. I see it, fellow. Listen. I am who you say I am. Say that. I am who you say I am. Hey, hey, hey. I am. I am. Tag myself, but it ain't. It, it just ain't working. I'm just gonna let one of y'all show up on there, cause I can't figure it out. Thank you, Mama Butch. Yeah. You were man. Thank you, Philip. Okay, we're getting ready to get started. Woohoo! Okay, so I think I'm gonna. I'm still going to leave the music on, but I'm going to um, just share with you, just because I love music playing, you know, let me just go and put that out there. Hey, Precious Scott, it's good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thank you for the love. Thank you for share, um, for showing up, being on this broadcast. Um, so today, you guys were supposed to do something. If you guys remember from our first broadcast last week, you hear me call you Dearly Beloved. I had no clue that that was Prince's birthday, because, you know... Dearly beloved, I think about it from his song, but um, but I did not know that it was his birthday that particular last Tuesday. But um, dearly beloved comes from the scripture that we. Um, if you haven't looked at the first episode, you got to go back and look at that. Um, and it just talks about how some in the end are going to be sheep, some will be goats, um, in a sense. And it tells you the characteristics of the sheep, the characteristics of the uh, goats, and you want to make sure that you're of course sheep. All right, we don't want to be the goat; we want to be the sheep. Um, and so uh, we talked about that 
But one of the things we talked about last week and we want to pick back up this week is you were supposed to do homework and you were supposed to uh, be able to tell or recollect your salvation story. So Jesus in plain clothes is, a, is something that I do. This is not powered by anybody, but just something out of my spirit I wanted to do. Um, because I believe that Jesus is so mis... Oh, oh, Chloe, I love you. Happy belated birthday. Um, uh, I, I believe that Jesus is misrepresented by so many. Can we be honest? I need y'all to talk back to me. Let me know if the music is too loud. Um, but I believe that Jesus is so misrepresented by so many. And I don't know if we do it on purpose, but we... We don't always give him the best representation. We just be in our feelings sometimes. We be having a moment. We be having road rage. We be, you know, we be wanting to just do us for a week. And sometimes we give him a bad rap. So, well, we, we, we can come off to other people. So would you agree that Jesus is sometimes misrepresented? I just want to hear what you guys have to say. Do you think that he's misrepresented? Hello, Sean. Love you. Do you think he's misrepresented sometimes? Because um, I tend to think that he is. Okay? Bless you. Pastor Towns, love you guys. Is he misrepresented? Yes. If we be honest, he is oftentimes misrepresented. And so this broadcast is not coming to you. I'm not trying to get you to join anything. I'm not trying to get you to leave anything. I'm not trying to get you to... I really just want to help build the body up. And I want us to be able to be better representatives. And this is not saying I have it all together, but this is for us to take this journey together. I see your yeses, that, that he's misrepresented a lot of times. And so I want us to see Jesus in plain clothes because sometimes we do the most when he's, doing, he's, doing, he's not doing all those things. And sometimes God is doing a lot of things and we don't really do the best we can. So this is just designed to really build a body and then really help us go out to our platforms. Um, I do anticipate there will be some people that will join as the weeks go on that may not be saved at all, that uh, may want to know more about Jesus. Listen, Jesus is so potent and so powerful that he doesn't need to be pushed down anyone's throat. You don't have to slap the Bible down in front of somebody. You don't have to quote every scripture that's in your arsenal. Um, you know, Jesus is just Jesus all by himself. He's just good. He's one of the, he, he's just the kind of, uh, uh, he's just the kind of savior that, that if you just try him, you will find out that he will never fail you. He will be there for you. He will intercede for you. Holy Spirit will be there like a G personal GPS to guide you and lead you. And so that you won't go off the path that God has for you. And so, um, I just think it's amazing that Sometimes in our churches, people feel like they need a manual just to get to a service. They need, they need, they need, you know, to have a certain amount of things down before they even come to Christ. And coming to Christ is much simpler than we want to say. Yeah, it is. Coming to Christ is so much simpler. And so I want us to have an opportunity to share. So today I'm going to be, I want to, do you guys remember your salvation story? Okay. So this is going to be our test. I want you to type out, if you're saved and you know you're saved, I want you to take a moment and type out the age you got saved. Can you guys do that for me? Type out the age when you believe you were saved. When you were saved and you were, you know, saved from eternal damnation, that you were, you had Jesus in your heart. What age was that for you? I want to see what you guys said. 
Do you remember that experience? Do you remember that time? Do you remember what that was? I want to hear from you. I'm going to give you guys a moment to... Okay, I see you. Clarissa says 14. Hello, welcome to all the viewers. 10, okay. Mackenzie says 10. How old were you when you got saved? Be honest. Okay, Philip, my son, he says 12, uh, comma 23, comma 28, exclamation point. Okay, Carla said 13. Zanita said 13. Okay, anyone else? Okay, Jasmine said, hey, I was nine years old. Okay, Beverly, hey, Beverly. Beverly said she was 13. Okay, Ebony's like, which time? I got I got a few, 15, 21. Okay, uh, Ralph and Sandy Brooks, I see 35. Okay, okay, God bless you. Uh, Christopher Harrison, 12, filled with the Holy Ghost. I love that. Because see, that's the next, I hadn't even got there, but hey, that's, was that the same time? Okay, Sean said 16. All right, now I'm going to see you guys keep posting. So question, um, is there anybody who will be honest and say, I don't know exactly the day, the time, the year I got saved. Anybody want to be honest? Okay, Melissa says in my 30s. Robert says I was 19. Okay. Anybody say, I don't know. I really don't know the exact date. I know I'm saved. I don't know. I don't know for sure. The reason why I'm saying this, okay, Precious said I don't know. Now, Precious, and Precious, you're, this is a great example because um, Precious, um, although she's younger than I am, but we grew up sort of in the same sort of uh, circles, although I grew up in a different church. Um, my mother would always take me to her grandfather's church, and so that was like a second home for me. Um, and so um, somebody said, 20, Beverly said 27. I don't know. I don't remember. Tracy says the reality is, is that some of us do not remember the exact day. Now, for some people that may say, well, that's odd. How could Jesus come into your heart and you not know the exact day and time? Have you ever been talking to someone and they say, I know exactly when I got saved. I had on a red dress. I had on those patent leather shoes. I'll never forget it rained for two hours. And then I remember going to the altar because the pastor had on a blue robe. And it was four choir members that came down to support me. You ever heard, some people have those kind of stories where they know exactly when they were saved. Now, this is not to beat you up if you don't know the exact day you were saved. The reality is, and the best thing I can tell you is, just be sure you're saved, okay? Just be sure you're saved. So, some of us don't exactly know. I'll be honest, I'm like Purchase. I grew up in church. When I say grew up in church, all I know is church, okay? And, and what I mean by that is, if church was a culture, if, if church was a society, I've been in that society, I've been in that culture as long as I can remember. I don't ever remember a time not being in the society, in the culture of church. So I have been, I was shouting and praising God and, and clearing out choir stands at eight, nine years old. Um, you couldn't tell me I wouldn't feel with whatever God was giving out. You couldn't tell me I wasn't. I see you said I was baptizing all white. We, we ain't got to the baptism stories, but that's another one. So some of us, we, we grew up in church. And if that's to be honest, and maybe some of you all, uh, Mama Butch, she helped raise me. Uh, Muriel Jones on here. She'll yeah. And, and uh, Mama Butch, you've been knowing me since I was born. Uh, K 
Can you tell me when I got saved? Because I've been in church, she knows. I've been in church all my life. That's all I know. And so because of that, I've had experiences with Christ throughout my childhood. Yes. What you say, Philip? Uh, I was that little child and had a little Baptist fit. You know, you could, we had pews and you know in our church, and I would grab the, that pew in front of me and I would just speak. You couldn't tell me. You couldn't tell me nothing. I need about three, four ushers, and some of the mothers couldn't hardly take me because they was like, I know they thought I was doing too much, but I, I was that little kid that was gonna shout any kind of little praising. I'll never forget. I had. Um, Apostle Shirley, the late Apostle Shirley Henderson was one of the first female preachers that I knew in the country where I'm from. And she used to play for our choir there in Prom at Promised Land. And so she had a little extra oomph to her, you know. And so I would really glean a lot of things from her. Um, you know, she was also a musician. And so I gleaned a lot of the things that I learned um, in that earlier days from people like her. But I was always had this little... Uh, yeah, we were, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's just, we don't know. Some of us don't know. But I don't want you to get stuck on that. I want you to find a time in your life when you know unequivocally that I had an experience with Christ, that I had him, I asked him to come into my heart. We're going to talk about that. Um, now you say, well, why are we going to talk about that? Because this is elementary. I already know all this. But the question is, because if you know all this, how many disciples are you currently discipling? I'm not talking about church members. How many disciples are you currently discipling? How many people has God put in your path for you to disciple right now? If in fact you already know, you say you say sanctified, you know all those things, then that means that you're on the path of discipling others. And if that's not the case, I believe that one of the gaps in the body of Christ is that some of us don't know what to do. Like, I'm saved. I think I'm supposed to do some good stuff. I think I'm supposed to go to church. I think I'm supposed to be nice to people, nicer. I don't think I'm supposed to go there anymore. I don't think I'm supposed to do that anymore. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to do this anymore. Uh, I'm going to do this, even though I'm not supposed to because God understands. You know, all of those little things that you hear. So, question. My next question to you all is, what is salvation? If a person was to walk up to you and say, I heard you, why are you so bubbly? Why are you, what's, what is it with you? Don't you know we're quarantined right now? Don't you know that, you know, our jobs are furloughed? What do you, you know, what is that? Wow. Wow, Muriel. Uh, uh, Mama Butch, wow. I grew up in church with mother and father and godmother. Okay, Robert, Absolutely. See, a lot of us grew up in that. But question, y'all talk to me. Answer that question for me. What is salvation to a person that does not know Christ? How would you express what Christ has done in your heart? How would, if a person say, well, how can I get in on it? What is it that we're saying? Now, I don't think we ought to be have to say the exact same thing. But I do believe that we should always be able to share the good news with someone around us, especially right now when there are so many people that have no hope, that have no, you know, they don't know what to do. Are, what are we doing to prepare the people of God? Do you know that people are dying at an unprecedented rate? And I wish I could say that every person that is passing away is saved, but some of these folks are not saved. Now the question is, whose watch were they on? 
Who's watch? Who who have you been assigned to? Who are you witnessing to? Who are you discipling? Who is in your path? Okay, Xavier said a change from the old ways of life to a new renewed way of living through Christ. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else want to share what salvation is? Because I'll be honest, one of the reasons why I can't really pinpoint, and I'm going to go somewhere with this, one of the reasons I couldn't pinpoint when I got saved because <clears throat> salvation, from my understanding earlier on, was I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. I got new hands. I got new feet. I got a new way of thinking. I got a new way. And I don't go here no more. I don't do that no more. I don't do that no more. I don't do that either no more. You know, it was all these things I didn't do. And and you would hear people say things like, I know mm, they need to get saved. You ever heard somebody say that? They need to get saved is what they need to do. They need to. Y'all interact with me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Did they, did you ever hear somebody say, oh, you need to be saved? How do you want a person's salvation? Is it a person who only talks Bible talk? Is it a person that only goes to church and nowhere else? Is it a person who prays all day? Yes. Okay, I see it. Speaking positive and sharing your testimony and sharing God's word. Salvation, belief in G in Christ. And have faith in him. Okay. You need to get saved. You need to stop sinning. You ever heard somebody say that? You need to stop sinning. Well, guess what? Sinners sin. Sinners sin. We can't get upset with people when they sin if they're sinners. The sinners sin. I'm reading some of your comments. Okay, sometimes they dangle the carrot. Do you want to go to heaven? You don't want to go to hell, do you? Well, then you need to be saved, right? Wow. Thank you, Beverly, for your honesty. Interestingly, I remember when I first accepted Christ and that I went around telling everyone what God had done for me. I realized that I have lost my zeal and haven't shared what he is doing and has a Beverly, if we be honest, a lot of people are in that place, okay? Hey, Cousin Fred, I grew up in Act with Acts 2.38. Uh-oh, Acts 2.38. So it wasn't just about, you know, yeah, it wasn't just about being, you know, saved. Uh, but you had to be saved. You had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's another ball game. And then what was the evidence of, of being saved, of, of having the Holy Ghost, Right? It, it, do you not have it if you don't speak in tongues? Do you have to speak in tongues? See, there's all these, these areas, and I really believe that they cause us to be divided as a body. Remember that we are the body of Christ. Now, if you're watching this broadcast and you're not saved, I'm recruiting, and there's other people on this broadcast. We are recruiters. We have come to recruit you, and we have good news for you. It costs you nothing to be recruited to promise you eternal life with God. We're, do you know, people of God, that we are recruiters? When's the last time you recruited someone for Christ? When's the last time you should? Because see, really, we're trying to get all these scriptures down, but do you know your own story of what Christ has done for you? You need to get that down. What did Christ do for you? Be honest. Most of us didn't come to Christ for real until something was going wrong in our lives. 
Be honest about what was going wrong. You can't talk about salvation and not talk about his love. Thank you, Ebony. A free lifetime membership. So let's talk about it. Because you, dearly beloved, you and I are recruiters for the kingdom of God. We are recruiters. We're not those people that people hate to see coming. We're not those people that wear special Jesus shirts just to, to, to overemphasize we're saved. We're saved when we're at the pool. What I mean by that is, is that I can have a conversation with you when I'm sitting by the pool and I have a bathing suit on. I can, I can witness to you in the grocery store. I can witness to you if you just happen to be somewhere that's, you know, that, that's not a ministry place. People need to understand salvation. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people not saved because they think that they have to be perfect. They have to get it all right before they can be saved. But let's talk about it. Y'all ready? I need some, I need some scribes. I need some people that's going to type because people are going to go back and watch this broadcast. And I want you, when I want a person, when they leave this broadcast over the next 20 minutes, I want them to know what it is to be saved how to be saved, and to ensure they're saved before they get off this broadcast. I want anybody that goes and watches 10 years from now to be able to watch this and say, my goodness, I didn't know it was that simple. Absolutely, Xavier. We're supposed to be doing that every day. We're not bougie people. This is the reason why we, you know, one of the things about Christ, Christ, when he had his earthly ministry, he spent time with his people. He spent time showing them how he operated, how he handled situations. He taught them. He trained them. And every one of us, I don't care if you have a title or you don't have a title, whether you've been ordained, whether you've not been ordained, whether you go to church every Sunday or whether you don't, whether you tune into virtual church every Sunday or not, I want you to know that God wants you to be saved. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. I need somebody to type that out. God loves me. I don't know, and I, it does not matter what you have going on. God loves you. Sometimes church don't, some of our churches are not the most welcoming. Some of our churches are not, we think it's perfect because we've been saved for years. But is your church sinner friendly? Is your ministry sinner friendly? Is your are you, are, you, are you friendly enough to your neighbors that you're sinner friendly? I used to work with this lady and I'll never forget. Now I was saved, but anytime anybody would say something that was like a bad word or like an explicit, she was like, don't say that. Don't say that word. Don't say that. Don't say, see, we, 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 a lot of us have spent our times trying to be Holy Ghost enforcers for other people and we should be working out our own soul salvation. Now, as leaders, we do have a responsibility. But the reality is we need to show people, how do I walk this thing out? How can I be saved in 2020 when, when there's an invisible enemy that's taking out people left and right around me? Is my, is my social media center friendly? Am I so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good? Some of us need to have a scripture to put up a, a picture.
because we feel like we don't, we're being... Now, I'm not saying, listen, your conviction is your conviction. Your conviction, again, is what? Your conviction. When you put your conviction on another person, that's when it becomes a problem if it's not biblical. In your house, you may not eat pork. In somebody else's house, they may not eat poultry. In somebody else's house, they may only eat vegetables. In somebody else's house, they may just do smoothies. But this is what we as the church do sometimes. That ain't right. I ain't never did that. So you should be, I don't know why you do it that way. That ain't God's way. You need to do it my way. This is why we have an unprecedented amount of people who don't go to anybody's church because it's a bunch of rules that I feel bound by immediately. Now, I'm not talking about all churches because there are some churches that, baby, when you walk in, they make you feel like a million bucks. I'm not talking about every church. I'm, not talk I'm talking about in general that we have to make sure that our churches are center friendly. While we got this time where we're, you know, virtual churching, make sure that before you go, if you are a leader or a decision maker in your ministry or in the, your personal ministry, ensure that it's center friendly. When Can people come to your church anyway? Or when they come in, do you give them four uh, long cloths because they don't have the right outfit on? Now, your, your, your rules are your rules. But know that some of these things aren't God's rules. These are your rules. Uh-oh, I'm got going to have to put my phone up. Some of these rules... Hey! Some of these rules are not God's rules. These are our rules. Y'all talk to me. Y'all give me a minute. I'm going to have to plug my phone up. Y'all give me one moment. Just keep talking to each other. Oh, this is this is real life until I get a production team. This is what happens. So y'all, I do apologize. But my production team is coming, and when my production team comes, they'll do all this for me. But until then, is it okay? All right. So guys, we gotta stop putting our rules. So today, really quickly, let's deal with it. I need some scribes. I need us. How how can I be saved? The question is, how can I be saved? Let's deal with it. I'm giving it to you right here, right now. Some of you already know it. Others, you may not know it. So let's deal with it. I need somebody to type out Romans 3.23. Put that scripture in there. Come on, type, 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 type. We've got it first. So what do I do if, you know, how do I know I need salvation? How do I know... How do I tell someone else about this thing? It starts with Romans 3.23. And Romans 3.23 is a simple scripture that says, For all have sinned, uh-oh, and fall short of the glory of God. All. Can somebody type all? That's good. That's good, Tina. 
All have sinned. We've got to first deal with this thing, sin. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. Maybe as we go through the episodes, uh, we'll, we'll dig into each one. But right now, sin. Sin is anything against God. Anything you do that's anti-God. Anything that, that, that's, that separates you from God. And what separates you from God is anything outside of his plan. Okay? Okay, so we're going to talk about some of these things. Any sin. Okay, so I need you guys to start typing out sins, some sins that you know of. Type them out. Because the Bible says that all have sinned. Yep, you and I. Yes, Big Mama. Yes, Bishop so-and-so. Apostle so-and-so. Archbishop so-and-so. High potentate. First Pope, second Pope, third Pope. Mother Teresa. Everyone has sinned. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how many Instagram followers they have. All of us have sinned. I don't care what people tell you in front of you. They are a sinner first. They were a sinner first. Okay? Talk to me about sin. Give me some name. Give me some types of sins that you know of. Alright? And as you start typing them out, start saying them. Now, sin originated. Sin originated. In man in the garden. First, we talk in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, we know that Eve entertained Satan, the serpent, who was uh, powered by Satan. She eats up the fruit, the forbidden fruit, the one thing she's not supposed to do, she does it. Sounds like a lot of us. And she gives it to Adam, he takes it, and from that point on, uh, I'm just giving you a really high ver level version, but because the first two, Mother Adam and and Father, I mean, um, Mother Adam, excuse me, guys, Mother Eve, Father Adam sinned in, because the first two sinned, everybody who comes after them that's born of a natural birth is it, born of a natural birth. And has a natural father and mother that connects them is a sinner. All of us. Jesus was the only one that was exempt because if you read in Luke chapter 1, you'll see that the angel Gabriel was the one who came to her um, at the leading of the Lord, of, of God, and told her that she would be with child and she would name him Emmanuel, God with us, which was Jesus. So Mary, the Virgin Mary, she was engaged to Joseph. But she got pregnant because of the word. Holy Spirit planted a, planted a seed in her womb. And she had an immaculate conception. She, she conceived uh, uh, a child. His name is Jesus. So because he does not have a natural father, he, the bloodline. See, a lot of the things we're dealing with comes down through our bloodline. He did not have... Um, and, and if you study medicine, you know that the child's... Um, if you ever want to know... Um, if you ever want to give the child blood, typically you can see the father because the father is the one that sort of passes on, you know, to that child, right? That's why Maury can say you're not the father because there's always a there's always a connection between the father and the child. Okay, the blood doesn't mix with the mother, it shouldn't? Um, but it's the father. So Adam sinned, Eve sinned, so we all sin. I asked you guys to give me some names of some sins. I see lust, lying, jealousy, stealing, gossip, greed, lust, envy, pride, adultery, fornication, lying, cheating, hurting people. Lord have mercy. 
ill overeating, covetousness, so many things. The list goes on and on and on. So guys, if you thought about doing it, you've done it. If you thought it in your heart, it's just like you're doing it. Okay? So some of you say, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't fornicate, I don't commit adultery. But you ate too many pieces of pizza, you sinned. You see why all of us need it. Romans 3.23 says all of sin. So when you're talking to a person and they say, well, I'm a good person, you need to explain to them, well, have you ever done this, this, this? Yeah, I have. But I mean, I'm still good. That means you're not a good person, but it just means that you're not living at the means that you can. Because if you sinned, let's go to the next scripture. Somebody write this out. Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. Write it down. There is a penalty for sin. What is the penalty for sin? Death. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So if you sin, you get paid with death. That's one sin, that's a million sins. You get paid with death, period. The only thing that counteracts that is the gift of God, which, is, which brings eternal life. That gift of God is Jesus. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gifted us Christ. He gifted us a, a, a perfect vessel. He gifted us himself in flesh. He gifted us fully God, fully man. He gifted us a perfect man. The Bible said Jesus was tempted at every point, yet he did not sin. Am I helping somebody? So if you sinned, the wages are death, period. Okay? So then, if... No matter how many times I sin, in every situation, it means death. How can I live? How can I get out of this? I'm glad you asked. We just talked about John 3.16. Put that in there. And then John 3.16 and 17. 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Uh-oh. But that the world through him might be saved. Guys, Christ did not come to condemn us. Christ did not come to condemn you. What does condemn mean? What does condemn mean? Christ didn't come to, to beat you up. He didn't come to say, I can't believe you did that. He didn't come to pick, pick you apart. He didn't come to condemn you and, 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 and make things hard for you. He came to save you. Christ came into the earth to save you. And you out here... Living in a, in a death place even before death when you have not accepted Christ. Because he's come and giving you this free gift. John 14 verse 6. Write that down. John chapter 14 verse 6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't care what people tell you. If you're going to be saved... It must come through Jesus Christ. This is where we differ from other religions. Some other religions. Some other religions say that Jesus was a prophet only. Jesus was a nice guy. Jesus just didn't exist. Jesus 
lived, but he didn't. He died, but he didn't rise, raise on, rise on the third day. Uh, you know, all these different things. And so, if you are, you know, there are different people that have different beliefs. And so, you got to know when, when, if you want to know what a person really thinks, ask them, who do you see Jesus? What is your take on Jesus? If they say, well, oh, he was a nice guy, he was a prophet, but that's it, then they don't believe like you believe. And so that means they're not saved, according to this scripture. You're saved if you come through Christ. Period. He wasn't just a prophet. He was God in flesh. Do you guys understand that God came down? You now, you got to remember, he's a spirit. He can, he can, he can, he can show himself in any capacity he wants. But he came down and put on flesh, went through the womb, catch this, of Mary. God in flesh was birthed out of a God-breathed individual. Isn't that something? That God came down through flesh. Because if, if, and for those that say I don't I don't believe that, uh, then we just go to John chapter one real quick. Let's go to John chapter one because I want to make sure you get this. All right. John chapter one. Let's go there real quick. Okay, in the beginning it says, there we go. In the beginning it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Y'all got it? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Pause. In the beginning was the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So, if this was the word in the beginning, it says, and the word was with God. So, let's say this is God, let's say this is the word. Let's just say, no, let's do this. The word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. It was with him. Uh-oh, and the word was God. That makes them one. One. So, let's just say everything's in here. Okay, the same was in the beginning. All things were made by him. Now let's move down to verse number 14, John 1. It says, and the word was made flesh. And the word, remember the word was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. So the word Jesus is God in flesh. Somebody type that out. Jesus is God in flesh. Somebody said, no, that's not true. Listen to me. Listen, Linda. Listen. No pun intended. But Jesus is God in flesh. So when Jesus was in the earth, in his earthly ministry, he was literally God in flesh. Hey, brother, love you. He was, I need you to understand it because some people say, oh, no, no, he's not. No, God in flesh. If you 
Catch this. The Bible said no man has seen God at any time and live. No man has seen God at any time and live. So if you wanted at that time to see God, visibly see God, he came in the expression, the physical uh, persona, the physical manifestation of Christ. That's who he was. He submitted himself to his own laws. Y'all catch this. He submitted himself to his own laws. He submitted himself to a mother, to a, to Mary's womb, and he he so and, and then catch this. Then you have God in flesh who is subjecting himself to a process that he put in place for you. Can you imagine him celebrating his first birthday in human flesh? Can you imagine him celebrating this being fully God? So you got to understand, he wasn't just like your little one-year-old and your five-year-old and your ten-year-old. He was fully God at nine months. He was fully God as a fetus. He was fully God then. He already had the capacity. He, he submitted himself. See, this is why I don't understand why we can't submit when, when God submitted himself to a woman's womb. God, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And he, birthed, he was birthed out and everywhere you see and catch this is what I love about it. He submitted himself to the process. I don't even want to get stuck here. He submitted himself to the process so much so that at 12 years old when he was in the temple and he was teaching and he was, uh, you know, they were enamored by him and his mother and, 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 his, and his stepfather, they went on about the business and, 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 and their people. And then, uh, you know, after, after a while, I was like, wait a minute, what, what, what Jesus said? Where were you at? Huh? It took them a while to get back to him. He was it when they found him. He's like, "Listen, I'm just I'm being about my father's business. I'm God. I got to do what I got to do." But catch this: he was so submitted to the process that you see him go with his mother and his stepfather, and that's all you hear in scripture in in the canon the scriptures that we read, the sixty-six books. I know there's other the apocrypha and all those other things, but but in the in the sixty-six books that that you typically read. You didn't see him do anything else for 18 years. 18 years he submitted himself from 12 years old to the age 30. He submitted himself until they needed some wine. And his mom was like, y'all do whatever she said. When he, whatever he said. He like, I ain't doing nothing, mama. It ain't my time yet. But a good mama that know who she really raising and who she's really, who she's really invested in. She's like, y'all do what he say. Whatever he tell y'all do, y'all do it. And you guys see the first miracle, Right? So he's accepted himself. So I want you to understand that don't leave this broadcast without knowing that Jesus is God in flesh. So if you don't believe in Jesus, then you don't believe in God. If you don't believe in Jesus, you'll believe in God. Oh, I love God. I love God. I just don't do Jesus. Well, then I'm curious. You don't serve the God I serve because the God I serve in flesh, his name is Jesus. And catch this. This is the reason why when he is, when Christ completed his work and he ascended to the Father, his physical, there's a physical manifestation of God sitting at the right hand of him, of the Spirit of God. Lord, have mercy. And he is interceding for us, right? But he said, listen, I'm sending you a comforter. I'm not going to leave y'all stranded. I'm going because in me, I can train you guys, but I don't, my desire is to have 
you operate as I operated in the earth. So I'm going away. I'm going to send a comforter. Anybody know who the comforter is? The comforter is Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And that's the reason why when you're saying, yes, you are in, yes, you, you know, you have the, the you, your, your spirit man is quickened and you have Holy Spirit, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need, I need somebody to type that out. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? You need to be endowed. You need to, it needs to be dwelling on the inside of you. Why? Because the, the when he anoints you, when he, when his spirit comes upon you, that also it gives you your access to do service, to work on his behalf. That is where we get our anointing from to do the things that God has called us to do. You can't do that without the Holy Ghost. You got to have, I say the Holy Ghost, but Holy Spirit, uh, a Holy Ghost, but he's not an idol. So it ain't the Holy Ghost. God in flesh is Jesus. God in spirit is God the Father. Now, God is now in us. Now, we got Christ in us, the hope of glory. We got Christ in us now. But how, what, what, what version do we have or what, what access point do we have? The reason why I can say I got Jesus, like the, like the quartet saying, the reason why I can say I got Jesus is because I have Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. Y'all catch this. The same Spirit. See, Holy Spirit was the powering agent. Lord have mercy. Was the powering agent that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit, that power comes into us. It's invisible. We can't see it, but it's working on the inside of us. And now we're operating in the Holy Spirit. And now we can do the things. He said, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. I'm expecting you to raise uh, raise up the dead. I'm expecting you to speak to the mountain and be, say, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. I'm expecting you to, to touch those eyes and those blinded eyes until they can oh, they, they can see. I'm expecting you to, uh, to touch the mute. Uh, uh, and the deaf until they can hear the mute until they can talk. I'm expecting you to speak to that coronavirus. I'm expecting you to speak to that cancer. You're not waiting on God to come down off the throne to do anything because when you got Holy, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you've got the power of heaven on the inside of you. You've got the power. You ought to take a moment and just begin to praise God because you got, when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, when you are endowed with His Spirit, you now have the inner workings of what Jesus had when he was on the earth. The Bible says, catch, you said, well, I don't see the breakthrough he sees. Well, you got to understand. He never sinned. The Bible says he was tempted, but he didn't sin. You said, well, how did Jesus get away with that and we couldn't get away with him? Because your daddy is your daddy in the natural. Your daddy and your mama laid down and you picked up the sins of your father. But Joseph had never touched Mary. Mary had only been impregnated by word. Can I tell you something? That many of you all today are impregnated with a word from God. And any day now, you're going to see a physical manifestation of what God is saying. This is the reason why vision is so important. Because vision, vision from God indicates that there is a seed, that, that God has planted a seed 
on the inside of your womb, every one of us, every one of us, your spiritual womb. He has planted uh, a something on the inside of our womb uh, called vision. And what happens is he said, though it tarry, though it doesn't come right now, wait for it. That's the reason why you can uh, be listening to Tank last month. You know, I always bring up Tank. Um, he's, you know, you know, he, he can sing. Um, or whoever you like to sing, whoever you listen to. I don't know who y'all be listening to. Y'all listen to all kind of people. You know, you know the music that gets you, that, that, that you're not careful will get you some trouble, that kind of music. See, that's the reason why you could you could have had some of that music going on last month, and you could have you you guys could have you, you could have had your good time with somebody, right? And then you trying to figure out why women, you trying to figure out why you haven't got your cycle uh, sometime later, and it's because there's been an interruption of your cycle because oh my goodness, because there's a there is a, 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 the identification of a seed, there's an identification of something in your uh, something that has been planted inside of you. Now, I'm not trying to be graphic, but I'm just trying to help you. Something that has been uh, planted on the inside of you and catch this. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. This is the reason why it takes a little bit of time. You can uh, you can go get your pregnancy test and it'd be like you're pregnant, but your stomach still don't show nothing yet. And then, you know, months later, you can go get your ultrasound and they say, oh, here's a little baby and the baby be so small. But then if you keep going, you'll get to see the baby getting bigger and bigger. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. Although it's not here yet, the reason why we get ultrasounds is so we can be reminded of what we're carrying so we don't abort the thing that God has given us and so the bigger it gets and then they got these things now called 4D uh, 4D uh, uh, ultrasounds where they don't just show you uh, the, the, the black and white anymore now they start to show you the baby from um, not just three dimensions but now they start showing you the baby from four dimensions this is the reason why you can say Lord have mercy you got your, that baby going to have his daddy's nose Lord, that baby got my forehead. You can say that when the baby ain't even came out of the womb yet because the vision is on the inside of you uh, for an appointed time. But though the vision tarry, wait for it, for the, in the end it will speak and it shall not lie. Can I tell you something? People can tell you all day long. He can tell you all day long. I didn't get you pregnant. I didn't get you pregnant. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. But when that baby get here and that baby looked just like him, he cannot deny it. Though the vision tarry, wait for it, but in the end it's going to speak and it ain't going to lie. You are the father. Am I helping somebody? So we found out that we all have sin. We found out that the, the penalty of sin is what? Death. We found out the only way for us to get out of this is through the gift of God that he's given us through Christ Jesus. We found out that God has given us, God in flesh is Christ. Can you imagine God walking in the earth? Like that, that blows my mind. All right. And uh, this is important. I don't have time to really go there. So, so if, if, if we, if the Bible said we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, that means that no matter how good your child is, your child was born sinful. I don't care how cute they are, I don't care how adorable they are, I don't care if they have their own I, um, Instagram um, following and it's more than yours, that baby is still sinful because that's the nature of what we were born in. But catch this, we can only be free through Christ. Somebody write this scripture down, John chapter 8 verse 36. I'm almost there. John 8, 36. It says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The only way I can get this sin out of the, the penalty of sin off me is through Christ. The only one that sets me free is Christ. 
not mama, not daddy, not papa, not not bishop, not apostle, not my favorite uh, uh, Facebook leader. The only one that can set you free is Christ. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So then how am I saved? I need y'all to write this out. How am I saved? Let's write down Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Write that scripture down. Rome, I'm almost there. Because I want you to leave this broadcast today knowing, number one, I know I'm saved. Number two, how can I help somebody else? Because remember, we're recruiters, and a lot of us don't, we haven't recruited anybody in years. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's deal with it. If you want to be saved, you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. There must be a confession. Somebody type that out. There must be a confession. You have got to confess. See, for me to confess that, that, that he is Christ and that what he did was for me, I've got to confess, number one, I'm a sinner. I've got to confess, I am a sinner. I have to confess, yes, sin, the penalty of sin is death. I must confess, this is what I, I'm not saying, I'm saying that I must know this. I must know this so that I can really make a confession out of my mouth. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've sinned. I believe that, that the penalty of sin is death. I believe that the only thing that frees me is you. I believe that you are God's gift to the earth. You are God in flesh. I believe that. But it says, if you confess your sin, excuse me, that, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, Lord, Master, Head. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, Lord, Lord means, think of, think of over. Lord means, if you have, Lord means to Lord over, to to you, it means you submit yourself to him. You, when someone lords over you, they have authority over you. That you always come under the authority of that person. So for you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, it means I believe everything he did, that yes, he was, yes, there was real, there was really someone who, God in flesh. Yes, he did dwell among us. Yes, I believe that, that this is the path that he took. I believe that he went to the cross. I believe that he I believe that he died for my sins. And catch this. And I believe that he rose on the third day. That God raised him from the dead. I want to make sure I get that out. You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved when you do that. If you can just confess, I believe Jesus Christ is God in flesh. I believe that he died. I believe that he died for my sins. He was crucified for me. He took on the sins of the world because he was blameless. He was, he was free of sin. So he could take on all of our sin. And the Bible says when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. That means every sin you will ever commit until you die, he's already paid for. Every sin you'll ever commit your entire life, he's already paid for. On the cross, 
already done. Somebody put done. I know I'm going a little longer today, so I've got to bring it to a close. And I know I'm, I'm, some of you guys are on your lunch. So let me try to bring it in real quick. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, 1 John chapter, 9, chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, he makes us right with him. When we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, he makes us right with him. What does that mean? He, made, he puts us in a position just as if we've never sinned. He puts us in a position, he covers us in his blood so that every time that the enemy tries to accuse us of something, that, that every time God looks at us, because Christ has already covered us in the blood, all God sees is the blood. All he sees is the blood. And he sees the blood covers, the blood, the blood protects, the blood keeps us, the blood, per, it, it's the perfect protection. I said this the other day to, um, um, to uh, my ministry, I told them, I said, if you don't have any gloves or you don't have any masks, make sure you got the blood of Jesus. And I don't mean that in a bad way, I'm, I'm telling you that the best protection you'll ever have in lieu of all those other things is the blood of Jesus. Okay. If you confess your sins. See, when you when you too, when you haughty and you prideful, you can't confess your sins because you think you all that. But when you understand that you're nothing without him, then you can submit yourself to him as the Lord of your life. What happens when we confess that he he we're, we're saying uh he removes that sin from us? Write the scripture down, Psalm 103, verse 12. Psalms. One, Psalm 103, verse 12. It says, As far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. When we accept Christ, it's, he eradicates that sin. Now, you say that ain't true because I still be a mess sometimes. The sin that you commit is the sin you remember. But that sin has no power over you when you're saved. This is the reason why the life of a believer is daily repentance. To turn from sin to God. Every day we repent. Every day we come to him. Asking him to wash us. Asking him to wash us in his word. We read the word of God. We study the word of God to wash us. We renew our minds daily. We repent because we don't want to get haunted. Can I be honest? A lot of us are witnessing some stuff right now. We're seeing a lot of things. There's a lot of people with, with very little power right now. There's a, very, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. Why? Because we are, have very little repentance. We think because I think, I, listen, just because I'm an apostle in the Lord's church does not mean I don't have to repent. I have to repent. I could be a mess. Y'all see that? I could be a mess. And before you judge me, I'm like, Kiara, don't judge, please don't judge me because you got your own stuff. This is the reason why, where has the compassion went in the body of Christ? How are we meaner than anybody else? I'm trying to figure out with all the stuff we've done, we surely ought to be able to extend grace to somebody else. With all the mercy we need, surely we ought to be able to extend grace to somebody else. So what? They don't live the same lifestyle you live. So what? They don't, they're not from the same tax bracket you are. So what? They're not the same skin complexion you are. Your job is to love them. It said, what are the greatest of the commandments? To love God? 
and love your neighbor as yourself. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Are you saved, right? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? And if you treat your neighbor, why aren't you recruiting? You ought to be in the grocery store. Now, don't get weird. Don't get weird. Do you, excuse me, sweetie. Excuse me. Do you know Jesus? Don't get weird. It's called conversation. Somebody walk up to me and say, oh, my God, I love your hair. Thank you. I like your shirt. That's really cute. Now, don't be lying. I love your shirt. That is so cute. That's like my favorite color. Really? Yeah. Well, my favorite. But my, yeah, I love pink. Well, my favorite color is red. Your favorite color is red. Wow. That reminds me of, 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 of wow, of something that's very powerful to me, too. I like red, too. Red is pretty potent. Yeah. So, anyway, so you're from here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm from here. Cool. Okay. Um. So, are you doing it? How's things going? You know, just have a conversation with people. And, you know, next thing you know, they may say, yeah, I got a lot going on. Well, you know, really? Yeah. Well, do you mind if I pray with you? Sure, sure, I don't mind. And then you start praying and let Holy Spirit begin to download things and you begin to speak the heart of God to them in their prayer. And at the end, you know, they're like, how did you know that? Well, I can't really take credit for it. If I'll be honest with you, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's not me. It's Christ in me. But what are you talking about? It's not me. I honestly, I'm I'm a mess alone. I'm like, yeah. But I had this wonderful encounter with Jesus, and I don't know if you know him, but I've had this wonderful encounter. Literally, I have felt my whole life like I've never really fit in. I felt my whole life like things were, you know, I would be good for a little while and then would go horrible, and then I'd be in these cycles. And then one day I was introduced to Jesus and. I asked him to, you know, to, to come in my heart. I asked him to be with me. I asked him, uh, uh, I, I was fascinated that someone would give up their life for me. I was fascinated that someone would be willing to be put to death for me. I, 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 that blows my mind. And so I'll be honest, things aren't perfect, but I have a perfect, I have a perfect companion in Christ. Like I'm never alone. I can always talk to him. He's everywhere I am. Um, and, um, you know, he's he's with you whether you well, no matter where you are. Well, you know, I'm not really into the church thing. No, I, I wasn't really. I really was just talking about my relationship with him. He's like my best friend, and um, you know, I would love to share more with you about who he is to me because honestly, I don't know where I'd be without him. He's it's so simple, you know. You know, I had to come to the realization that you know that. That I've sinned. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. And the only way that I could get out of that, the only way that I could get free of that turmoil was by accepting what Christ did for me. And because I accepted what Christ did for me, I now have a new life in him. And literally old thing, every old thing that I've done has passed away. All the old things he wiped. I mean, I don't know anybody else that will wipe, wipe your slate clean like nobody. He wiped my slate, my slate clean. And so now I just live a life for him. As much as I can, I try to share. And I just love on people. Listen, guys, the best witnessing tool you have is to love people where they are. Love them. Now, I want to give this last scripture, and I'm going to end. I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done. This is where many of us missed it. This is why a lot of us didn't know what when we were saved. Write the scripture down. Ephesians. Type this out in the chat. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. 
It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I have to say this, salvation has nothing to do with your works. Salvation has nothing to do with how good you are. Salvation has nothing to do with how nice you are. Salvation has everything to do with a free gift that we could never pay for. If we be honest, many of us have tried to pay for this gift. We're so used to being pimped and prostituted our gifts that we're always trying to one-up God and we're trying to do something for him. But at the end of the day, salvation is not based on our works. It was a free gift that was instituted before we were even born. And he says, listen, all you got to do is accept it. It's free and it gives you eternal life. There, and I know you said, but you don't understand. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, this world has got, yeah, yeah, yeah. But get this. We're not living just for this life. We're living to live again. And that's another thing about being saved, that we're going to get to spend eternity with Christ. We're going to get to rule and reign with Christ. It's for by grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. We can never pay for his grace. He said, we can only be saved by believing the grace of God that God's, God's unmerited favor belongs to me. I can't earn it. You cannot earn salvation. Please take that out. It's not based on your works. Let's see the man should boast. So the next time somebody say, you need to be saved, ask them, well, what does salvation, what is salvation to you? Because if you're looking at my life and you say, you can't be saved, well, then you don't know what salvation is because salvation starts with the seed, it starts with a free gift that I could have never done. I could have done nothing to have it. I just have to accept it. And today you can accept it. You may be on this broadcast and you may say, hey, I know this broadcast was for me. I needed to solidify my salvation. I want to be saved. If you want to be saved, you know, you can let me know. Just say, hey, I, I, I want, I'm accepting it right now. Just put I accept if that's you. Some of you may need to rededicate yourself back to Christ and say, you know, Lord, I want to come back to you because I realize that I've been stagnant. I got inside, but then I didn't do anything once I got inside. God wants his people to recruit. He says, listen, tell everyone. It's his desire that no man should perish. He said, tell everyone you know about what Christ has done for you. He's my very best friend. I'm going to stop there. Before you ever start learning the Bible, before you ever start praying long prayers, before you ever get to go to church good and buy your church suit, Christ loves you. He wants you saved. He doesn't want, it's so simple, yet so many miss it. I wonder how many people are getting high right now and how many people are turning, you know, a trick right now. How many people, I'm not judging them. How many people are out here doing compromising things because they don't even, they've never experienced unconditional love. They never experienced someone who would love them and that would die for them. They never experienced someone who would be with them always. Have we done our job? Beloved. Jesus is going to say to the sheep, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was in prison, you came to see me. I said, well, when did we see you, Jesus? So, when you did it to the least of them, you did it unto me. 
I challenge you this week. Before our next broadcast next Tuesday, I challenge you to get back to recruiting. Make talk to your family, talk to your friends. You know, keep your six feet distance and talk to people, interact. Do you know Jesus? I can only imagine what it would be like for someone to be on their deathbed and not be extended an opportunity to accept Christ. Eternity is a long time to be without God. What's your salvation story? Write it out. Get back on your post. The world needs us. Millions of people are waiting to hear the word. Children and people in other villages and remote areas that just want to hear that somebody loves them. Even though they've been abused, even though they've been left for dead, somebody loves them. Even though they may be on life, serving life in prison, Jesus loves them. Well, guys, that's all I have for today. If this broadcast blessed you, share it. Go back and watch it. Take notes. I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does have the answers. And so I love you guys. Share this broadcast. Um, this, this is also going to be on my YouTube. Listen, I need you to, to um, check out my, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, also, you can do all of those things if you go to my website, www.nicolebonds.com. www.nicolebonds.com. Um, I love you all so much. I do this because I love the Lord and I want to share the message of Christ with as many people as I can. Um, if there's a person that wants to sow a seed, you don't have to, but if you desire to, you can uh, cash app dollar sign the Nicole Bonds or you can go on my website. If you just want to be a blessing, you don't have to. You don't have to buy a word. Um, but oftentimes I have people reach out to me and they'll ask me, how can they sew? You can go on my website or go to my cash app, the Nicole Bonds. I love you all. I'll be sharing this broadcast. Share it with someone until next Tuesday at noon. Dearly beloved, don't forget to share the message of Christ. I love you. And so does Christ. Yeah.